For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In this week's installment of Believe in the Rockets, Houston sports editor Chris Gardner joins me to discuss the greatness of Akeem Olajuwon in part one of this two-part series. Welcome to Believe in the Rockets. Gerald Green to inbound. Harden trying to get free. Down to three, down to two, it's a three. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, coming at you today with another guest. This is actually my third guest on this show in a span of three weeks. First of all, let me introduce my friend and my mentor, Chris Gardner, editor of Houston Round Ball Review. What's going on, Chris? Doing fine, young man. Thanks for being on. Thanks for asking me to be on here. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First and foremost, how everything going with this crazy coronavirus going around? Life without basketball is different, but still life. So still above, <laughs> still above ground. So let's get this going and make it happen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, you mentioned life without basketball is different, and most definitely it is. What is one thing you miss about the game of basketball? Um, covering the games in person, interacting with my colleagues, and then talking to the players afterwards, the coaches and players after the games. Yeah, most definitely for make, me. Making it, it, fun of you too, you know. <laughs> you know, for me, it's just everything, you know, being around you guys. My little backstory about myself, as you guys may know, this is actually my first year being around the Houston Rockets and UH basketball. That's how I was able to meet Chris and, um, you know, me and Chris develop a really good relationship. And, you know, well, when I tell you, Chris knows his stuff, he knows his stuff. You know, this is a guy, you've been a credential media member since 1994, correct? Yes, sir. How was it? You know, before we get into our topic today, can you just tell the listeners how was covering sports back in 1994 90, versus how it is today in 2020? Wow, man, it's, it's light years difference. Obviously, it's before the internet blew up, 94 and stuff. I was still using fax machines or using the fax <laughs> computer software to request information from teams and pro teams and college teams, you know, getting stats and media guides. That's what I really use. Send out fax blasts around the media days each year, requesting media guide information and things like that. And NBA used to have a newsletter that they would mail out. It was a hard copy. It was real thin mm -hmm. paper that they'd mail out for a few seasons. And then that progressed into emailing it out. And then they advanced into and NBA media section uh, website, password protected kind of stuff like that. So I've been part of the evolution from 94 to now. And then in the last few years, of course, the internet blew up and social media with 
Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and now <laughs> what is it what is, what is it called TikTok and everything like that everything's blowing up so I've had to adjust along the way and try to keep up with you youngsters man oh yeah oh yeah I'm on every single social media platform except for TikTok um that's some kind of dance revolution lip sync stuff going on I don't know that might be a little bit too 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 new for me so um you know I, I don't I don't spend my time on TikTok but you know you mentioned you've been a credential media member since 1994 which was the Rockets first championship and Chris you know I'm I'm still young I'm still a youngster and there's a lot of things in life that I wish I could have experienced I first and foremost I wish I could experience the height of my man Michael Jackson's career especially during the thriller era wow man yeah because I, I, I was like 11 when thriller came out so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know my mom my mom tell me you know she said he was big up until his death and even after death and there has been celebrities who have you know been big since then but she always told me there's nothing you have not seen or witnessed a true superstar unless you witness Michael Jackson during the thriller years. <laughs> In addition to Michael Jackson, there's another guy, probably the second famous Michael of all time, Michael Jordan. His the first parts of the Michael Jordan documentary aired yesterday on ESPN. Boy, did I love it. And I actually wish I could have been alive to see Michael Jordan. You know, my memories of Michael Jordan when I first got into basketball was him playing with the Washington Wizards. Um, and that's not a memory I really want, but boy, 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 another person I wish I was able to see was the great Hakeem Olajuwon. And, and Chris, the reason why I brought you on the show today is because Ever since the NBA lockout, well, not the lockout, but ever since the NBA suspension began, I've been doing a lot of researching, going back to looking at old footage of players and teams and seasons. And on the Dream Shake is where in the website where I cover the Rockets, I've started a series called A Season of Missed Opportunities, where I go back and look at some of the best Rockets teams in franchise history that did not win a championship. And the first season that I did was the 1993 Rockets. And in the middle of me doing this article, of course, you know, it's 93. It's basically the middle of the Hakeem Olajuwon era. And I, and, and I pulled up Olajuwon's numbers. Now, let me just say this. I am aware of how great Hakeem Olajuwon was, but I wasn't aware how great Hakeem Olajuwon was. In 1993, this man averaged 21 points, 13 rebounds, and four blocks per game. I always knew Hakeem Olajuwon is arguably, if not the best defensive player of all time, but I did not know that this man averaged four blocks. So I just started going back, looking at his stats. This man has some ridiculous stats lines for a season. I'm actually starting another series when I get done with this. I'm going to go back and review the 1995 NBA Finals. And right now I'm watching game one of the finals and I'm studying it. And I realize the Orlando Magics, the team that they swept, they double, sometimes triple teamed this man. And he was still able to get buckets. Yes, Chris, you witness the greatness of Akeem Olajuwon. And I'm... What I'm doing right now, I'm basically just refocusing and reshifting, reshifting my appreciation for Olajuwon. So on this show, we're going to just talk about how great Hakeem Olajuwon was slash is. And then we're going to talk about, is he kind of 
undervalued when you start talking about other great players. But before we get into that, Chris, can you just talk about how great it was to watch a guy like Hakeem Olajuwon on the nightly basis in Houston? Well, we, we can go back. I can go back to his days at U of H with Fasa mm. Majama and to see how raw he was, especially on offense. Defensively, he was blocking shots, and he he was a he just dunked offensively. He that's what he offensively for Coach Lewis, Gabby mm-hmm. Lewis got the ball to Akeem. He wanted him to dunk. He taught him a drop step, which is foundation of his low post moves. He dunked, but then the timing he developed on the shot blocking end, just swatting stuff left and right, eight, nine, ten blocks a game sometimes, you know. And then the quick hands, you could see the quick hands and the quick feet. And the Rockets drafted him. He was teamed and the tandem with Ralph Sampson. So Akeem started his career as a power forward. Ralph was, well, they go back and forth. Ralph was like mm-hmm. a seven foot, seven foot four power forward. Dream was a center. But sometimes Ralph would bring the ball to the floor and Akeem would hit the face up jumpers. But each year, Akeem would always add something to his game face up jump shot, jump hook, reverse drop steps, um, little spins, double, you know, the moves he put on David Robinson, the pump fakes, up and under, <laughs> things like that. He always added something to his game. And you touched on it. You talked about Orlando double and triple teaming. Who was Lando center? Shaq. Mm-hmm. So Orlando sent double teams despite Shaq being the other center. So that tells you Akeem at that time was in his prime. Shaq couldn't do do him one-on-one. So they had to send help for Shaq to defend Akeem. And then they just, Orlando decided, we're going to dare the Rockets beat us from the outside. So let's send two, three, four guys at Akeem, have them kick it out, double team, and Rockets swing the ball around the perimeter and beat from the outside three corners. And that's what they did. And they swept Orlando. But Akeem was, especially those two championship years, he was just clearly the best player in the league, offensively and defensively, no question. And no slight against Shaq, no slight against Patrick Ewing, David Robinson. Those are Hall of Fame centers. Hmm. Akeem dusted them each time because he was just a little bit better than each of them. You mentioned he was a little bit better, but... You know, when you talk about Hakeem, I'm noticing when when you talk about him, not just you, but in general, he might be, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but is it fair to say that Hakeem Olajuwon might be the best all-around player that this game has ever seen? And I know I might might be stretching it just a little bit, but when you look at what he did on the offensive end, he played at that same level on the on, on, on the defensive end. This is a guy, like I mentioned in 93, he averaged 21 points, 13 rebounds, and four and a half blocks per game. It, is it fair to say that he is the best all-around player? Because, I mean, it, it, when you look at a guy like Michael Jordan, for example, who is arguably the GOAT of the whole entire basketball landscape, Michael Jordan did play both sides of the floor really well, but his defensive level was not as good as a Hakeem Olajuwon. 
it was different than than uh, Keen's in different positions, obviously. But I think mm-hmm. MJ and Dream are. It doesn't take long to call the role if other folks disagree with what me and you are saying right now. But MJ and Dream were, in my opinion, two of the top players offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, Shaq got to a point in his career where he just you he got big and bigger and, and then almost to a point of being fat and used his <laughs> size and, and girth to just punish folks offensively. He didn't do much on defense. He kind of slacked off on defense. You have a guy like Mark Eaton from Utah, seven foot four, he just blocked shots. Offensively he was nothing. Dennis Rodman, awesome defensive player, great rebounder. Offensively, nothing. You know, Kobe Bryant, one of their favorite players. Kobe, he made defensive teams. We know that, Tim Duncan, et cetera. But we're talking about complete domination on offense and defense. I'm not sure there's many folks better than Jordan and Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah, and, and what I say, that wasn't a knock against Michael Jordan. But- oh, no, yeah. The the just the highest intensity in and that '93 season was not the only time that this man averaged four blocks. I believe he, when I was looking at his numbers on Basketball Reference, he averaged over four blocks per game at least three to four different times throughout his career. Hell, between the '89 season and the '93 season alone, we ain't even talking about him getting into the championship years. He averaged four and a half blocks for for those four straight seasons. Now, you mentioned the championship years, and, you know, right now I'm just raving on before he became a champion. Now, when we look at the champion Hakeem Olajuwon, when we look at 94, 95, that is when Olajuwon went from, okay, you are a great player to, okay, you are literally one of, if not the best players that we have ever seen in this league and you know you start in 94 when he became one of only three players it's three now but well it's four now when you include him but in 94 he became one of four players who won regular season MVP the championship and finals MVP with the other three being Magic Johnson Michael Jordan and LeBron James how was it watching Hakeem Olajuwon from the first part of his his career from when he got drafted in 84 all the way to 93 versus to when you saw what he did in 94. Because to me, looking back over his career, it seems like nobody, no team, no one was stopping Hakeem Olajuwon from winning that championship in 94. And there's another team that people love to debate. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But in 94, it just seems like nobody, nothing was going to stand in his way. Even when you take a look at game six of the NBA finals of that year, when there was down 3-2, it was actually Akeem Olajuwon saving arguably the championship for the Rockets with a block on John Stark. And and Chris, I don't know about you, but if I, I always say if John Stark hit that shot in the face of Akeem and the Knicks win the championship off of that shot, I believe John Starks off of that shot alone will enter the Hall of Fame. To that, you say what? Oh, I won't go that far. But, I mean, that <laughs> that definitely would have probably helped elevate John Starks to a higher level, more confidence, more recognition. But, you know, 
Akeem tipped the shot. Shot fell short. Rockets won, forced game seven. Akeem was he was on a mission, but he was on a mission because he was playing great for a couple of years prior. Mm-hmm. But he believed in his teammates. He trusted his teammates, and he had somebody in Sam Cassell who he could count on to get things done when stuff got hot. And he needed more players like that. Akeem, previous playoffs, almost every playoff postseason, Akeem's numbers were better in the playoffs than in the regular season, which shows you how great he was in the playoffs because his numbers in the regular season were stellar. He, he raised those numbers postseason. But prior to 1994, he didn't have the help in his teammates, the guys who could deliver in crunch time to get things done. That season was a special season. He saw he could trust his teammates when teams double-teamed him. He trusted them to kick it out, and we passed it out to make those those three-point shots or those outside shots to open it up just enough for him to get one-on-one coverage in the post. And if a team dared try to defend him one-on-one in the post, it was a bucket for the Rockets, <laughs> period. But he trusted his teammates, and his teammates delivered to knock down those shots, and he had confidence in them. That gave him more confidence to excel on offense and defense. And he just elevated his game to another level those two championship years. And it just happened, it helped that he had teammates to get things done. We can talk about the second championship. The Rockets had the trade for Clyde on Valentine's Day because they're in a funk. Mm-hmm. They needed a boost, and they needed something to spark it and to help them even be able to get to the playoffs to defend the first championship. So that's when they pulled the trigger to bring in Clyde, and then Clyde and the King, you know, made magic in the postseason. But the first championship, those numbers Dream put up were just ridiculous. What he averaged in those finals, 29 points, nine rebounds, four blocks, and 1.6 steals. Would you say that whole entire season in 94, would you put that season up there with, let's say, a LeBron James 2013, a, I mean, you could pick damn near any year for Michael Jordan, would you put that up there as to say that was one of the greatest individual seasons I have ever seen? Yes. No question. And and keep in mind, Akeem played 40 minutes in the, per game in the playoffs. Mm. I mean, 40, between 40, 43 minutes in the playoffs, in the post, banging bodies down low, still putting in work, getting things done on offense, and then still playing defense, blocking shots, or picking up steals on the other end. He played nearly the whole game and still shined. Game in, game out. He was just, he was a special cat. And we're talking about a guy, 6'10", 6'11", tremendous footwork, spin moves, quick hands to steal the ball, you know, pick guys clean from on, at the top of the key. Strip it, dribble it, in his own kind of clumsy way, dribble it down the floor and dunk. He did that when the Rockets made their first, when he made his first trip to the finals against the Celtics, 
he was the Rockets in that series. Mm. There were times, I think, a game in Boston. He picked Robert Parrish's pocket at the top of the key two or three straight times and dunked. The announcers, Boston Celtics fans were like, ooh, who is this? I mean, that's when people began to realize this man is legit. And that was like his second year in the NBA. So he just continued to get better, continued to add to his game year in, year out. And then he hit that pinnacle on that first championship. And the second one, I think he even scored more points in the, in the playoffs for the second championship. He was just another kind of another level. There are stars, superstars, and then elite players who just have another gear that even superstars can't get to. He was elite. <laughs> you know, you mentioned in the second championship, he actually averaged more points than he did. And it all came down to this one series. And you know what series I'm talking about, the Western Conference Finals, the epic series where he felt robbed because David Robinson stole well technically he didn't steal it but he felt that he was robbed of a second mvp this man went out against san antonio beat them in six games against david robinson we talking about one of the all-time greatest centers in nba history he's probably top 10 i'm pretty sure he's top 10 this man yeah. against the against the spurs against david robinson averaged 35 and a half points 13 rebounds and four and a half blocks per game. And we talking about against David Robinson, who by the way, was at least let's say three to four years younger than Akeem, if I'm correct. I think so. Uh-huh. What a was that? Taller, series a little bit like? stronger. Mm-hmm. It was bizarre <laughs> because and the Rockets did not they see they won the first two games in San Antonio. And as you touched on, David Robinson was presented the MVP trophy before the, I think, game one. You could, if the cameras got on Akeem's face, you could see the look in his eyes. Okay, I'm going to show you who the real MVP is. And he lit up David Robinson. I mean, just lit him up, made him look like an average NBA player. And to his credit, David Robinson said, after those first two games, I got to play better. Akeem kicked my butt. Mm. That's the league MVP saying that. That's how well Akeem played those first two games. The Rockets won those first two games, but then they came to Houston and they lost the next two games. So both teams won on the road to even up the series. Rockets said, okay. Went back to San Antonio for game five. Game went even close. And then he closed it out in game six at home to go to the finals for the second straight time. Mm, mm, mm. So, you know, I mean, it was just the look. And I think there's YouTube footage. The oh, yeah, I've seen it. DVR, video, whatever, of Akeem's, the look on his face when David Robson got that trophy. You could just tell it's about to be on. And old David Robinson, I feel sorry for you. And one of the most famous up and under moves in 
Rocket history, for sure. NBA history, when he pumped fake David, what, three times up in there, got him off his feet? <laughs> yeah. And delayed him, laid it up. That was, I'm not even sure that move was, he used that move much during that season. It was as if he pulled it out of his, his bag just for Dave Robinson, just for that series. I'm about to show you, I'm about to clown you <laughs> in front of your fans on your court. I mean, up, up. I mean, it was just a thing of beauty. He was just, he was right there, prime example. David Robinson, superstar. Team Lajuan, elite. Elite <laughs> players are better than superstars. And Akeem was elite. That was part one of my discussion with Houston sports editor Chris Gardner. Join us again next Monday as Chris and I discuss who would have won in a potential Olajuwon versus Jordan finals and, of course, his overall legacy as an all-time great. That's it for another edition of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Cody Davis, and before signing off, remember to subscribe to Believe in the Rockets on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 